Praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord today, everyone. to worship you. This morning, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And his name means so much to us. We thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you offer to your people, for the redemption of our sins, Lord, and not only physical healing, but for spiritual healing that we can receive. Today, Father, we want to thank you for helping Brother John in his recovery process. We give you thanks for that. This morning we bring Sister Pam Goodwin before you and we pray that you'll encourage your heart, Father. Lord, touch your mind, O Father, and her spirit to believe you and to endure this this, uh, healing process that you're working in her life, Father. Help that assembly, O Father. Help every one of our assemblies we bring before you. We pray for every child of God gathered here today. Lord, we pray that you'll minister a blessing and encouragement to their hearts. 
We pray this morning for Richard in the hospital. Lord, what might seem impossible with man is possible with you. And we have seen you work so many miracles in the past, Father. And we believe you, Lord, that you can do a miracle in this young man's life. Father, we pray and commit, we commit him into your hands. Remember other individuals that are in need of prayer, Lord. We think of Brother Bear that asked for prayer. We ask that you'll touch him. And those that we might not know, Lord, that are afflicted at this time, we pray that you'll encourage your people. We pray for every one of our assemblies around the world. Oh, Lord, that you'll bless their services today. Encourage the hearts of the people, Father. And then, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to help us in this province. That, oh, Lord, uh, we might see a reduction of the virus, new cases, Lord, and this province can open back to normal operation. We commit our governments before you. We commit our leaders, those in authority before you, Father. We pray that, oh God, you will help us and give us a godly fear and, Lord, a godly conviction. Father, only you can do this. Today we commit this service into your hands and we pray that you'll bless us. We ask these mercies in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. We may be seated. It is a wonderful thing to see saints coming back and filling in these pews that have been empty for such a long time. I'm so accustomed preaching to an iPad that I thought maybe I asked Brother Sam to preach today. And um, <laughs> I can only preach that. I'm kidding. I, <clears throat> I thought um, until we change things around, ever so often, the preacher needs a break. And so today, I thought Brother Sam, Brother, Brother Joe would come first and testify, and then Brother Sam would preach. But I want to say welcome back to every one of you gathered here today. And I pray that the service would be a blessing to you. Like I said at the start, um, uh, we are slowly recovering from an international worldwide, world, worldwide pandemic. And um, it does not mean it's over. Uh, those of us that have been vaccinated and are about to get a second shot, you'll find that companies would not hire people in the future or in the near future without them being vaccinated. Uh, just what the society is. It's almost like a social insurance card. Uh, you'll have to get vaccinated. Companies to go in the office and work, they might give you a hard time getting back among the people because thousands of people died from this pandemic. And when we think worldwide, we can't even count how many people around the world have suffered. As a child of God, I expect you to maintain your prayers for the saints overseas, especially places like India, where there's so many cases. And then I hear Pakistan has a lot of virus cases also. This, uh, it's the judgment of God, and I pray that whatever God is doing that we hear uh, in this assembly, most of my messages are directed to us. Ever so often, I might reach on and uh, direct something for other ministers, but my main project and my main concern is to preach. And when I say about elders and bishops to come, it's a hard line I preach because the future of the work is important. Uh, we can't just give up. As I look ahead, I don't see a younger generation that really love God. They love the iPad, they love the game world, they love the computer technology. If I were God, I'll dissolve all the games they have in this world instantly. So you know, if I, I ever survive and God resurrect me and give me a city, a uh, city to govern over, you know what will happen in that city. Uh, because I will rule it with a rod of iron. We would not compromise the gospel for anything. 
And we cannot let the infiltration of an apostate society come on into the church. Uh, we must not pretend to serve God. We must serve him for real. And I've seen the Lord's hand work in our lives. And uh, some of us might be well, not believers in uh, they got all kinds of conspiracy theories. And I actually had to block some saints sending stuff to me. They don't listen to the message. I never see them join us online, but they're sending stuff to me about drinking vinegar, you know, all kinds of stuff. They can, listen, the judgment of God, you don't. Do you drink the vinegar? I wouldn't drink it. You know, like, I need God to help me, and God has been good to us. The Lord has been good to Sister Chandra and I. We can't afford to get uh, COVID-19. Our lungs are already like COVID-30. And we don't want COVID-19. Uh, so we are doing everything uh, to protect ourselves. And I want you saints in this assembly to do your best when you leave here to protect yourself. And if you make contact with anyone that's carrying the virus, uh, that... Um, uh, just remember, you're coming into a church and you can infect the church. And that's not good. One of the reasons, and I'm going to tell you now, one of the reasons why I stopped the morning prayer meetings is because I think we were too not careful enough when we come to the prayer meeting uh, that we'll bring the virus in. And even though I stopped the prayer meeting, but John still contacted, contracted the virus. So your human responsibility is important. Amen. Amen? Your human responsibility is important. So please note that and take it very seriously. I'll ask Brother Joe McCormick to come and testify a little. But Joe, bring your, bring your mask up in your pocket. And uh, so from here, you can wear it back on. Uh, some, some places, if you talk, uh, you've got to put a mask on to speak. I don't think we're like that. Uh, hold on a minute, just there, Brother Joe. Uh, I would like um, Nadine to see if we can organize some help with the music. Uh, we're going back to 15% capacity, room capacity. And um, I can play on that and say, well, 15% in this room, 15% uh, in the dining room. And we can set a remote speaker or something in there that if someone comes in, we don't want to send any one of our saints home. Uh, we want everyone that can come on in to be accommodated. Right now, I told them 25 people. How much we have in church today? 27. That's good. I tell them 25 to 30. Uh, we go max. And uh, so we'll cater for that in the future. But then I think we need some help up here if we can have a couple of instruments. I don't think the government is making any law against instruments anymore. Check and see, and if they allow that, then we can put some instruments up here, and we can slowly get back into our regular worship and give people a chance to get touched by God. Brother Joe, Amen. God bless you. When you're done, Brother Sam can take over. Amen. Amen. Glad to have everybody back here. Remember, the offering plate is at the back when you're leaving. And when we're back to streaming from the pulpit, we'll put a nice little table here, and then people will file up and put their offering. I always wanted to do that for years. I actually looked at some offering tables, you know, on the internet, and found some, they're a little expensive. We, we spend all our offering just to buy a table. It does not pay off. Uh, so we can look forward for the future. God bless you, Brother Joe.
it's, um, it's true that we do have some songs that are very encouraging when we sing them. The words of some of our songs are very good. And uh, Jesus is here. And uh, sometimes we do sing and we don't sing with the understanding. But it's always best to sing and mean what we're singing. Let the song be personal to us. It's good to be in church again. It's always good to see people in the congregation. And uh, it's, uh, it's encouraging to know that there are individuals that are still trusting God and they love God and they love, love the house of the Lord. Uh, David says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I love the habitation of God's house and the place where his honor dwelleth. And so it's good to be here today. And uh, I was really not expecting to stand up again so early. But um, I appreciate my pastor quite a bit. Um, this morning at 4 o'clock I was listening to him again. And, and uh, sometimes, every time, as a matter of fact, every time I listen to a lesson. And I listen it twice or three times. There's always something, uh, there are things that I would grasp that I didn't hear before. And it, uh, we are just human beings. And sometimes you might be in church and sit down and you listen to an entire lesson and you don't grasp 100%. And nobody is capable of grasping 100% at one time. Sometimes your mind drifts. And that is why Peter, was it Peter? that says that it's good to put you in remembrance. I will not be negligent, he said, to bring you in remembrance of those things, even though you know them, that you've been established in the present truth. And so it's good to go back on the notes, and that's why it's important, whether you're home uh, listening remotely or you're present in the congregation, it's good to take proper notes. It's one of the things we have been... Uh, uh, dealing what are the subjects we've had in our youth class, uh, the proper way to take notes, and how to be prepared for a service. And uh, so we appreciate the lessons that were given. And I believe that every lesson that this assembly has received from our pastor, from the ministry around the world, uh, men of God that are, are so uh, uh, dedicated and committed and faithful to continue services, whether it's streaming or sometimes it's just a few gathering in a congregation, uh, regardless of the circumstances, they are faithful and good enough to continue the Word of God, the communication with God's people. And that is why I'm thankful that, uh, that we have a ministry that we can fall back on and, and to listen to uh, lessons that are given to us. And one of the things I really admire is over the years that uh, the lessons that we are getting and the instructions of God's Word is just not to entertain. It's not entertaining. Sometimes it's just a, a casual uh, lesson. And, uh, but a lot of times it's soul-searching. If uh, a lesson is gone over and it does not have an impact on my life, I need to examine myself. I see what soil I do have. You see, there are different types of soils. Uh, there's a wayside soil. There's stony ground. And there's a thorny ground. And there are good, there's good ground. And so I, if I don't understand a lesson, I listen it over and over and over. I need to pray to ask God to touch my understanding that I may understand. Because it's very important. When David made a statement, he said, uh, he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The entrance of God's word giveth light and understanding unto the simple. And if I have a lesson and if I just take notes, and one of the things also I have to be very careful of, uh, sometimes we can get, or someone can get into the habit of just agreeing with everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we say amen in church, it's not just a response. 
Uh, amen means so let it be. It's an agreement. And we can have a form uh, in a, such a way that uh, when something is said and we, without even hearing what's said and we say amen to it, uh, we need to stop that and pay attention to what's said. And if it's agreeable, we say amen to it and support that. The same thing goes with the streaming and comments. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I remember uh, the early stage of, of me coming to North America and going to conventions and, and uh, services. And one of the habits that I've discovered over the years is that no matter I can be cousin to a dead nail, I can get up in church and, and say uh, the worst things and kill the service entirely. And after service, somebody will walk up to me and say, that was a very good talk. Mm -hmm. That's not true. I know that I have killed the servants, yeah, but someone's trying to be polite. But the time we are living in, it's good to be polite, but it's always good to be honest. If you don't have something to, uh, to say that you don't want to hurt somebody's feeling, feelings, uh, don't say anything. I keep it back. One of, the things, one of the things I really appreciate our church in Guyana when we started first was if I or any one of the brothers got up, and most of the times we used to talk on Saturday, Sunday nights. And if it's Sunday night I would get up and speak and I did not even hit the roof and nothing happened. And when I sit down at the end of the service, yeah, one of the brothers, if not all of them, one of the brothers would come up and say, well, you really worked the service in tonight. And they were honest. So I would recognize that and make the necessary adjustment. I cannot, and we've heard the statement made before, I cannot paddle my own canoe. I need to understand the spirit of the service. Yes. And these are things I've learned. I see when Paul said to Timothy, I think he says, continue in the things that I was uh, learned and I'd be assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And I did not get a lot of these doctrines and the teaching of God's Word by myself. I have a teacher. And it, this is why I'm grateful when Jesus made a statement. He says, if your eye offend thee, pluck it out. He's not talking about your literal eyes. Uh, if you have cataract and then we go out and try to pluck that out. No. If those that seemingly saw for you in times past... And if they are not able to take you on in God, then you need to get rid of those. When, uh, when, uh, when John, I think when John the Baptist, uh, as a matter of fact, when he, he was uh, when, what, baptizing and Jesus came, uh, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, sins of the world. And the scripture says immediately when John made that comment, two of his disciples heard that. And left John and followed Jesus. You see, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something to understand where the present move of God is. Uh, present truth. Present move of God. If, I was, well, if you were living 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem and, and uh, you were looking for a church. See, uh, it was made, a statement was made here a couple of nights ago, I think it was, when... Uh, when it, uh, it's, uh, it's something to consider. There's a, this is a big city of ours. And there are lots of churches. And every church may teach different than the other church. Uh, their doctrines might be different. Their principles might be different. And it can't be that God sent them all into the same city. Teaching and promoting things differently. And that they're still of God. No. All can't be right teaching differently. But there's a strong possibility of all of them being wrong. So if I was looking for a church 2,000 years ago and walking down the streets of Jerusalem. And, and uh, the first church I saw was a big, beautiful church. And this is what's de very deceptive in our time. Is that people look on the outside. Uh, look for recognition and fame. And if you wanted recognition and you saw this big uh, uh, cathedral. And in front of it, it's got a big sign board that says the Church of the Scribes. Uh, you want that, you can get in there. Yeah, you'll be recognized. And past that a little down, you go further down that street, you see a bigger church. And say the Church of the Pharisees. Uh, you want a good job, you might be part of the Pharisee Church. You may get a good job. 
you want to be something in life, you pass that and you go to the next church, a big church. You see scribes, the Pharisees, the Essenes, the Nazarites, and you name them, going down all down the, 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 that street, and you would feel comfortable in a large building if you are just an ordinary person whose mind is not touched by God, and you just want to be recognized by the masses of humanity, and you want to be, something that, be part of something that's established, then you just join one of those big churches that you pass. But if you still are not happy with that, and you pass all of those, and you go down to a river called Jordan, you heard some commotion, a little bit of noise in the, down by Jordan. See a little crowd. Then you saw someone who seemed to be so uncouth, dressed in camel's hair. And his, uh, his meals were wild locusts and honey. And he was so crude in his speech. He was saying, you generation of vipers, you two-legged snakes, who warned you to flee from the rat to come. He did not attend a Bible school, so he did not know how to win friends and influence people. He did not have the proper way to speak to the crowds. He was crude in his speech. Now, if you did not have God touching your mind, you would have felt that he was a cult. That was a cult. And when you, when you, when you really found out God bypassed all those big buildings that were established, God was not in the Pharisee church. He was not in the scribes or the Essenes. When you pass all of those, God was using the man that public and, and society classified as a cult. Mm -hmm. But it took a revelation. It took an understanding from God to reach down and touch one's heart to recognize that that's where God was working. Down by Jordan. But God did not continue with John all the time. And that is why I appreciate back in 19, was it 1977, when Brother Singh returned to Guyana. And he took a message that I never heard before. I will never, and I pray that God would help me to never forget those days and where I'm coming from. You see, there are certain things that we need to forget. And there are certain things we ought to remember. True. We forget the things that we should remember. And we remember the things that we should forget. But we need to forget certain things and never forget some, certain things where God has brought us from. Remember that I was a servant in the land of Egypt. My son, as Solomon said in, in Proverbs, he says, My son, forget not my law. <laughs> I can forget your name. I can forget a song. I can forget going to, church, uh, to, to, to work and forget all kinds of things. But when it comes to God's law and His commandments and His precepts, I should remember that. Yes. And the only reason I can remember apart from God's helping me is I need to focus on that. That is why David said, in thy law do I meditate day and night. Continuous reading of God's law and His commandments and the Word of God would allow me to memorize Scripture. A lot of times I would read an entire chapter and don't even remember what I was reading. What I do? Start over again. Start over again. And let my mind begin to feed on things that are lovely. Things that are pure. Things that are good. Things that are of a good report. You know a bad report can leave a really lousy impression on your mind. When you hear something that's negative and you, you focus more on the negative report and the bad report than you fe you're feeding on the good report. But that is why it's good when you can stand up in church and testify. See, that is why we need testimonies. We need to hear from you what God has been doing in your life. True. You know, COVID-19, one of the good things that COVID-19 brought about, and that is why uh, uh, last night, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, Brother Singh was touching some scriptures, and, and one of the scriptures that he, he touched here was uh, uh, in, uh, in, I think, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, when he was dealing with this uh, end times. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
He says here that in the last days, perilous times shall come when men shall be lovers of their own selves, proud, heady, high-minded. And he went on to say, uh, he says, despisers of those that are good. We are living in those times right now where there are individuals that would despise people that are good. We want a preacher that does not offend in his word. <laughs> that is why the people said, prophesy, is it Isaiah or Ezekiel? Prophesy unto us smooth things. We don't want our, our minds to be touched by cruel words. But we want smooth things. It takes fire to purify gold. It takes someone said stormy waters to produce skilled sailors. If a day goes by and I don't have a challenge in my life, I feel uncomfortable about it. Something is wrong. You know why? Because a child of God, he says, the scripture says, he says, think it not strange. Peter, was it that said that? Or James that said, he says, you count it all joy. James says, you counted all joy, not a laughter and giggle, but a peaceful and, and, and tranquility. He says, you counted all joy, not if you enter into divers, divers uh, 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 temptation. And the word is not temptation, rightly translated. I think the extent of column reference is a little number that says trials, because temptation is a solicitation to evil. He says, you counted all joy when, not if, when it's a guarantee for a child of God to go through certain trials and certain things in life that would help them to overcome and become a, a, a child of God in the coming kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. He says, no, you know, Paul said, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, nor fornicators, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Abused of, of themselves with mankind. He says, and such were some of you. <laughs> but you are washed. Is you one of the most beautiful things in the church. And today, this is why I pray that God would help my seeing eyes never to go blind. That God would help my hearing ears never to go deaf. Because I remember from where I'm coming. It's sad when I can read uh, Acts the 20th chapter. When Paul was calling for the elders at one time, I think it might have been in Corinthians, when he says, I desire to have Apollos. Why was Paul alone in 2 Timothy chapter 4? When you read all the things that he has done and so many hours he has put in and so many days of work and so hard labor he has put in to help saints of God and believers. Why was he alone in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he says, no man stood with me? My first answer. See, a man of God is not without honor save among his own people. A prophet is not without honor, save among his own people and among his own kindred. When he had to call the elders, he says, one of the sad things in that scripture, he says, uh, and uh, after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you. And of your own selves, among your own selves, shall arise men speaking perverse things. To draw away disciples after themselves. It's sad to know when Moses taught Korah, Dayton, and Abiram everything they understood or knew about God. Came a time that they were able to stand on their own two feet. Felt that they had all the skills and the knowledge. They did not need Moses no more. But God was using Moses. Amen. Amen. Even though Korah might have been able to preach better than Moses. Dayton might have been able to be a better spokesman than Moses. 
But God was using Moses. God told Joshua, he says, you go not to the right hand nor go to the left. He says, you keep the principles and those things that you were taught by Moses, your leader. He says, you don't divert. Today, you don't even know if it's a Christian church or it's a rock concert. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's not happiness, it's holiness. Yes, sir. And today, more emphasis is placed on church attendance and crowds rather than holiness. But God wants a church without spot. Amen. Without wrinkle. The churches are filled with wrinkles today and spots. But we need a cleansing. That is why David said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. We need a second conversion. James said, if a brother do err from the truth. In, in James chapter 5. And one convert him. It's a great thing to know that we can be converted. It's one thing to be saved from your sins which are past. It's another thing to be saved from the final resurrection. He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. I pray that God would help us as this, uh, this uh, coronavirus is easing up a little. That we'll get back to the place. You see, when Ephesus, I think it was, when God was writing the letters to the church of Ephesus in, in, in Revelation, the second chapter. Oh, he admired them for the, I know thy works, and they did a lot of good. He says, but I have something against thee. Thou hast left thy first love. Remember the days when we got salvation. And we felt, we can, we felt that we can take on the whole world. Take the whole world and give me Jesus. Well, God has not changed. Jesus has not changed. The Holy Ghost has not changed. The problem is that we have changed. We have been deceived by the devil and the adversary. Paul said, he says, give no place to the devil. Unfortunately, he said, some already have turned aside unto Satan. We feel a lot of times, it's not only men, but women as well, feel that we can survive on our own. When Paul wrote, uh, he was talking to the, uh, to the elders at Ephesus. In Ephesus, he says, he says, I have not shown to declare unto you the counsel, whole counsel of God. He says, and I have publicly declared unto you. We had church for many years within the confines of these walls. And it was beautiful. Yes. But one of the good things that came out of coronavirus is that it allowed us to get online streaming. That those hungry souls that desire good things, and God has been filling them with good things, I'm thankful not only for coronavirus, but I'm thankful for social media. I'm thankful for Facebook. Sure. <laughs> I never expected to even say that I'm glad for Facebook. Because I was one that did not really like Facebook. I'm not on Facebook a lot, but I did not like it. But you may criticize people that are on Facebook. But you don't know their state. No one knows what they're going through. And they need to connect. Somehow they need to connect with society. They need to connect with friends and family. They might not be the wisest people to do some things and post some things. But they're trying to be engaged and connect. So don't criticize them. We need to look on the inside. We need that second conversion. We need that conversion. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. Why would David ask God to give him a new heart? Because the scripture says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 
When Israel went astray and they felt that they can do things by themselves, God had to tell Joshua, He says, You go recircumcise them one more time. You know what we need to do? We need to get back to that place where God can begin to touch our minds and our hearts. When was the last time did I raise my hand up in a song and sing to the Lord and tears came into my eyes? When was the last time I spoke in towns and got down on my knees and fell down on my face before the Lord when I saw the condition of my heart and my life? When I see His holiness, when Isaiah saw God's holiness, he says, I am a man of unclean lips. When, when Abraham saw God in His holiness, he says, I'm dust and ashes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Well, they shall see God. There are so many beautiful things in nature that you can admire. And pull your mind off from where it is right now in some gutter somewhere. And put your mind. They're so beautiful. They're flowers. So beautiful. That's why people post certain things on the internet. Look at God's nature. Beautiful creatures that God created. When your child go and kill a bee. Oh, is that, this is something in the stamp of being killing. Well, that child does not have a clue. And the parent doesn't have a clue what God creation, what God creation is. True, true, true. When you teach your child to destroy an anthill, you may say that's a pest. But that child and that family does not even understand the creation of God. And God's, uh, the beautiful things that God created. They go in the kingdom, they'll, they'll destroy things in the kingdom. But I'm glad today, and time is gone right now, I'm so glad today that we have a church. And we're getting back to that place, and regardless of what happens, we're getting back to that place. When there was a Janice and Jambres, which stood Moses, they did not know whom they were against, up against, but God was on Moses' side. When the scripture says, they shall proceed no further. I tell you, God is building His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against what God is building. He's building this church today. And I'm so glad to be part of what God is working with today. I'm lifting my hands up in adoration and praise to God for the opportunity. We are blessed. Apologies. It's not repentance. (laughs) It apologizes. No. We need to get back to the place that we can ask God to change our hearts and change our minds and change our spirit. And let's get back to the place that we can feel the presence of God even before we sing. Begin a band, begin to play. We can still feel the presence of God in our midst. Why? Because God is merciful. David said His mercy endureth unto all generations. I'm so glad today that we are here in our, in our, in our assembly again. And we want to continue to do this. Continue to ask God to be with us. He's so glad to know that Brother John is back uh, out of the hospital and he's recovering so good. We want to continue to pray for Sister Pam Goodwin, Richard, and so many of God's people that need a touch from God's hand. Let's continue to bear them up in prayer. And God will do something for His people. Let's all pray. Father, today we thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for this wonderful opportunity. God, I feel so blessed today. To see your people back in church. We know that you are in control of all things, Father. And yet it does not negate my human responsibility. Help us, O Lord, to get back to that place where you want us to be. Seek to you, Father, with all of our heart. With all of our minds and soul and spirit. And place the Lord Jesus on the highest pedestal in our lives. Continue to help us, Father. Left ourselves, we can't make it. We trust in you. Oh God, lead us and direct us, we pray. Remember our pastor, continue to use him to be a blessing. Give him the wisdom and the utterance and the anointing that he needs to preach the word of God regardless of opposition and circumstances. We thank you today, Father, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen.